I have a feeling this word I'm about ready to speak is not one that we hear often enough in the realm of the work of the church today. Unstoppable. That's exactly what I see happening around us because to far much of an extent what we are hearing and talking about uh, in many places within the context of Western Christianity or of the Christian church even at general, it is not the word that is on our lips that we're saying, man, it's like we're unstoppable. But instead, we are filled with bemoaning and um, uh, grieving over the changes, over the decline, and over uh, the hesitancy of the church to live as the people of God that they've been called to be. But unstoppable. That was the church that, you know, Jesus came and initiated. Unstoppable was the very word of God as Jesus, the word made flesh, came onto the scene and began to preach and perform miracles. And it was unstoppable. And the world literally around him was turned upside down. It was unstoppable. The government couldn't stop it. The religious leaders couldn't stop him. Unstoppable. By the way, it wasn't just Jesus, but it was first century Christianity. Today you have this uh, fairly extensive reading from uh, Acts chapter uh, 20, which is addressing Paul's final address uh, to uh, those in uh, Ephesus uh, as he's about to head toward uh, Jerusalem. And, and it actually kind of builds off of part of what we have in chapter 19. And let me just help you to understand how unstoppable uh, the miracles and all that were happening, not only through Paul, but also through other followers, disciples of Jesus. God did extraordinary. You know, isn't that interesting? To me, isn't a miracle already extraordinary? <laughs> But, you know, they want to emphasize this was beyond even what maybe we somehow could imagine. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that were touched by him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. And some of the Jews around went driving out evil spirits invoking the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Unstoppable. And if you read through, you know, the book of Acts, and if you haven't in a while, I'd encourage you to. Because not only does it remind us that God is in power, God is at work, and what he was doing then in the first century was unstoppable, but I believe we might begin to get a vision to understand and to believe that this is also what he is here willing and able to do today, unstoppable. Unstoppable. Chapter 19 and chapter 20, 
just really helped to drive all of this home. The healings, the miracles, people leaving behind their idols, people willing to leave behind everything just to follow this Jesus and to commit their lives to him for this world and beyond. Unstoppable. That was the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. But as I said that word, some of you probably said, Pastor, don't you read? Don't you see what's on the internet? Don't you read some of the articles that are posted on Facebook? I mean, don't you see the decline of the church? Let me help you to understand why you would say that with some specifics. That today only 71% of Americans will identify themselves as Christians. Notice what I said? Identify. Then you have uh, less than 30% of Americans are actively connected to the church of Jesus Christ. Then you have less than 20% who will worship on any given weekend. It's actually 17%. Then the percent of those with no religious affiliation, they're sometimes referred to as the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, is nearing 10% of our total population who have no connection, no identity whatsoever in any religion whatsoever. This is just life and it's not on their radar, it's not their concern. Some research suggests also that more than 100 churches close a week in the United States. In our own synod, 80% of congregations worship fewer than 100 people a week. In the last three years, I believe the number is somewhere nearing 200,000 fewer people who are members of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Church is closing. I've watched this over the past few years. There was a Church of Christ that was vibrant when I moved here on 441, heading into the south side of Ocala. And it dwindled, and the lawn wasn't being mowed, and finally it was shuttered, and then it was sold, and now it's an art store. And that's not rare. It's all around us. And then we see how the Christian faith and those who will identify themselves publicly as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ are ridiculed or attacked or are marginalized and disregarded. So as I give you that short litany of some of the realities around us, it's very easy for us to say, I don't know, Pastor, unstoppable just doesn't seem to be the right word to describe the reality of this world and culture you and I are living in. Yes, there's... Plenty to cause us 
to doubt the unstoppable power of the Holy Spirit when you consider all of this. Now, this next statement, I wrote down, and I'm hesitating to say because I'm expecting you to hold me accountable to it. But I'm done. I am done bemoaning the decline and the challenges in the church and in our culture today. I have to admit that to some extent I have been guilty at times of throwing out these statistics to you and just kind of leaving them there. Listen, they're not what we need to focus on. What we need to focus on are real people with real lives, with souls that we have been called to love. That we have been called to, you know, be the love of Christ to and to share it with. And yeah, the world around us may be changing or what was that phrase when I was growing up? You know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. The reality is, is we still have the answer. We still have resurrection power. We still have the Holy Spirit. So yeah, I'm done bemoaning the decline and the challenges because instead, I think what we need to do is instead to look upon this world and see it as the greatest period of opportunity that we have had in our generations. In multiple ways, not only in how few will actually identify themselves and truly be believers and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, but how many are falling away? How many are hurting from the realities of the world and the culture that we live in? And then add to that the immigration that we have seen. That's just like the mission field that showed up at our back door. We cannot ignore the opportunities the Lord is laying before us to continue to draw upon and to live in that unstoppable power of the Lord Jesus Christ and his spirit. So why am I done bemoaning? Because the church of Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the unstoppable one. Yes, unstoppable. He was unstoppable in the first century, and he remains unstoppable now. Under the power of the Holy Spirit, the good news of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. And you and I, therefore, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, as a people who have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are unstoppable. Yet when you read the New Testament... You can, it can be tempting for us to hear what the disciples did then and compare it to today, and we begin to assume, you know what, maybe, Pastor, maybe somehow we're missing something. Maybe the Holy Spirit isn't still present and working the same way he was then. Really? I find that very hard to believe. I want to get an email from my classmate, Pastor Mark uh, Raby, who is serving 
in Ethiopia in uh, one of the Ethiopian Lutheran Christian churches, and he says, we have thousands of baptisms every weekend. Nine million Lutherans in one Lutheran synod in Ethiopia. Guess what? That's more than every Lutheran added from every synod in this country, in Ethiopia. Praise God. His spirit is at work and remains unstoppable. But we look at the world and the culture we're part of and we're like, maybe things are different. But the Holy Spirit was not only for then, it, He is now also alive and well in us and in our world just as He was in the first century. And yes, just as He is in certain places elsewhere around the globe. For the last several weeks we have been reading the post-resurrection accounts uh, from John's Gospel. And do you remember how when Jesus came to the disciples in the upper room, he said to them, peace be with you. And he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. Right then, right there, things went forward. The work Jesus had begun now continued in a new and a powerful way, empowered by the Spirit of the Lord himself. And then Jesus said, if you remember that reading further, he goes on to say, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Here, let me retranslate this Greek for you. Ready? Get out of here. <laughs> Open the door Go. It's doing the kingdom. And it's doing you no good to stay here behind these locked doors. There's a purpose for you. Get out. Go. In the unstoppable power of the Holy Spirit. He assured the disciples then, and he assures us now that he has given us his Holy Spirit, and the work that began would be unstoppable. We have that Holy Spirit. And in just a, a, a few weeks, we will again you know, celebrate Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit upon God's people in an even greater way. We remember with that that you know, we have received the Holy Spirit in his word continually. We receive him in our baptism. The Lord didn't forget about us. He didn't forget to leave us the gift of his spirit. He didn't forget to breathe upon us his Holy Spirit, but he has given us that very same spirit as well. We have that indwelling Spirit, we are therefore empowered with unstoppable power of the Spirit of God. And so we have this um, reading from John chapter 10, the Good Shepherd chapter, and you know, right in the midst of it, it says, My sheep hear my voice. 
and they follow me. Hmm. So with that, are you asking yourself, am I? Am I really following you? Am I truly, you know, now honoring you and, and living as one of your sheep and, and where you lead, I go, and, and where you send me, I go. My sheep listen to my voice and they follow me. And the work of the Lord Jesus Christ after the resurrection continued until he ascended and then he passed the baton to you and to me. Now, Paul was uh, an evangelist, yes, an apostle. It was a calling that he uniquely received from the Lord in a dramatic way, and few of us have that very calling. And yet, and yet each of us is also charged with the responsibility of witnessing to Jesus' unstoppable saving power. How are you responding? And for some of us, this idea that, you know, he's called me to respond and he's called me to speak into the lives of a, a, a family member, or a neighbor, or a stranger, it, it's overwhelming. Well, guess what? For me too. It takes practice. I think the better work actually is it word is it, it takes exercise. It takes time to to develop that and you know to to understand uh, how when we interact with someone how you know the Holy Spirit is there and present and at work and and, and to even let go stop worrying about do I have the right words do I know enough. You know what? Ready? <clears throat> Answer this question. Do you know Jesus loves you? Raise your hand. Hmm. Okay, just seeing if I need to do any counseling. <laughs> and by the way, I actually would have loved to have a few hands because we should always have prayerfully unbelievers or people struggling in that relationship. But by the way, as soon as you raise your hand, I just want you to know that you actually know now enough to do this. You speak from here first. From knowing the Lord is real and his love for you, speak from that. He'll do the rest. Now, I've been becoming uh, more aware that my goal is to be aware, available, and responsive to those who are around me. Now, I'm like many a man, I, I, I almost said typical man, but I'm like many men, I have agendas, and so I live sometimes like with those blinders on so that you know, what's going on right here, just no, wait, no, I know where I got to go, I know what my agenda is, I know what I'm doing today, and all the while I am missing seeing the people who are right here beside me. I'm not listening to them, 
And if I'm not listening and I'm noticing them, I'm, I end up literally missing the opportunity that the Holy Spirit prepared for me. Those divine appointments that I made reference to with the boys in our confirmation service last week and those divine appointments that I have encouraged you with as well. I'm working harder at praying specifically for such people and looking for the opportunities to share Jesus with them. And I'm also reminding myself that one of my most pronounced witnesses is how I live. How's my language? How do they see me treat Martha? How do they see me interact with my children? How do they see me interact or respond to? How's well, this? Yesterday, Sam's had a one-day sale, right? I, I ordered online two sets of car tires. I get there, and the bill I have says $316, four tires. And I get there, and he says, $537. And I said, see the order number? Now, I could have gotten real um, pushy, <laughs> rude. And I said, well, it's right there. And I just, well, let me call a manager. Well, instead of the $80 off the set on that particular set of tires, it took $80 every tire off. <laughs> That's a deal. The manager said, sir, you got tires today at half price. <laughs> But I can tell you, James Rocky at times in not too distant past would have gotten a little rude when he first said 537 white. No, you're going to give it, I mean, what message was it, what I not only have given to that gentleman managing the tire department, but to the line behind me, being aware of how we're living. And by the way, one of the things of being aware is me slowing down enough in my life to recognize that each of us in our travels through this world run along a road filled with potholes and bumps. And if I am being aware of those around me, when they hit them, it's an opportunity, my pray, for me to step in and to point them to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Last uh, week I was at a, a two-day pastor's conference with pastors from our Florida, Georgia district, and uh, Tuesday night uh, we were sitting down uh, having dinner together, and one of the, uh, my friends uh, uh, did something that uh, I've done often, but he took it kind of to a new level very publicly after he found out the name of this uh, additional uh, uh, server who came to our table, uh, gets her name and like, so, hey, is there anything we could pray for you for in your life? Now, I mean, that's, I regularly do that, but I mean, he's very loud. And, um, <laughs> and, and this woman, she was caught off guard and, uh, and, and she finally says, well, you could send some positive thoughts now, by the way, for me, it's telling me she's part of the 
of millennials who do not have any connection to any religion whatsoever. Okay, just so you know. Toward my mother, who is, and then she shared this situation. We got her name, and then my friend says, go ahead, James, let's pray. <laughs> but you know what? I remembered her mother's name. I prayed for her and her mother by name. And yes, everyone in the restaurant, as we were sitting literally in the middle of it, saw us stand up and hold hands with her and pray. Now that's a little further than where I normally go in a public setting like that, but I often find myself praying for servers or others by saying, listen, you're serving us today. Could we serve you somehow by praying for you? That's it. Here's some people who say they're Christian and it's more than a label. But they actually were sharing from the hope and the confidence they have with those around them. But dear friends in Christ, we are called as God's people and now we have defined it here within this church to recognize the Holy Spirit is still opening doors. He is still all-powerful. He is still indeed unstoppable. And he is calling us to experience ourselves Christ's love and his power. He's calling us to live in it, and he's calling us to share it. Like Paul. I don't know if you can take a handkerchief from me, if you can take it and heal somebody. <laughs> but I do know that he is still at work, and he is still in us, and he is still answering prayers. And let me just give you a couple more encouraging signs as I conclude. Did you know that China now has 68 million Christian believers? By the way, that number is more than all those who will worship in America this weekend. Does that put it in perspective? That Africa as a continent is now 45% Christian? Did you know that? Not animism, not tribal worship. It's actually about neck and neck with Islam. It says something, does it? And did you know that, you know, there are churches in the United States that are growing, but you know which ones they are? They're the ones who haven't been tearing pages out of this book saying that doesn't apply anymore. They're standing on the very word of God. They're standing that we are still a people who are sinful, tainted, broken, and hopeless, except for the Lord Jesus Christ. That he is there to forgive us, restore us, Redeem us and send us forth. There is hope, my friends. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ is still at work in his word and through each and every one of us. And so let us not say we are sheep. Let us live as sheep who follow Jesus where he goes and where he leads. So what will your response be to who he is and what he has done for you? 
and to what he has called you to be. Let us live as unstoppable force of Jesus. Let us be a people who experience Christ's love. Live it. Share it. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done bemoaning the demise of the church as we know it, and I'm hanging on and I'm following the Lord where he's leading because he's still working. Amen.